Test Podcast. Uh, it's Austin here with Alex and Josh. Hi. Alex, you got to say hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> Are you tired, uh, Austin? We're doing a first morning podcast. Yeah, we're yes. doing a first thing. I'm not sure whose idea happened. that was, but crazy. we're never doing this again. First first thing in the morning anyway. <laughs> well, you know what's weird is Stefan's not here. Yeah, Stefan is fine, just so everybody knows. Yes, we fired him. <laughs> he's gone. No, he's gayfully employed. He's in huh. alive and well. Um, but yeah, we're trying some different things here with the podcast. Yep. Uh, we, while we were out of the office here quite a bit the past couple of weeks, uh, I think we missed a couple of weeks. Um, the I think podcast, we'll one week. or at least a week. Um, and some of the things that we're going to be trying a little bit differently uh, with the podcast is just kind of like uh, shifting um, who is on the podcast based on the content of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some things that we're actually we're gonna be talking about Oshkosh today. Gonna to be talking a bit a little bit of our travel adventures while we weren't on the podcast. See, it's good to go out and get life experience when you're not on the podcast. That way, you have something to talk about <laughs> yeah, when you, you come back. Bring stories back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Stefan's been doing an incredible job uh, with the podcast. That's both hosting and producing. Uh, he's doing a great. Yeah, he's he's doing, in the background right now. Yes, where he's looking at all. He still this. is actually. He's the one that set this up. He yeah. Made, he literally made me sit here. <laughs> he, he almost poured our coffee for us too. Um, but yeah. He, he's been doing a, a phenomenal job producing and, and hosting the podcast, and he's still going to continue to do both of those things. Um, just uh, occasionally, um, he may not be in the rotation for yes. hosting, and that gives more flexibility for when he's doing his own things, when he's not in the office. And also, if just like I think that there's some guests and that sort of thing that um, you know Josh, or myself, or Alex, or whoever would relate to better. Um, and so we're just going to be making those decisions as we go. So you'll see, still see pl- plenty of Stefan on the podcast, and he'll still be hosting it and curating it um but uh for an example we were all ea air venture and stefan was not and so he thought it'd be great if we would all come on the podcast and talk about air venture um since all three of us were there and uh he wasn't there at the event for that one so um air venture is one of our favorite events of the year um this is actually the second year that we've gone as a company um i think we've all gone personally before um but as flight test this was our second year in a row attending the event amazing year Yes. And it was. It was really an incredible year. I, I meant to bring the little like uh, stats and facts and that sort of thing for the event, but I, I do remember that they had 590 attendees or 590,000 <laughs> attendees, which is actually the most ever. That's the yeah. mo- That's the biggest Oshkosh I, ever. I never heard of a time when they were actually having to turn planes away because they couldn't fit more. Yeah. And people, the highway was backed up for miles. Um, they, they literally ran out of camping spots, uh, which is just crazy. Yeah. We made the mistake. <laughs> it was such a dumb idea, but I think it was on Saturday. We're like, hey. Let's go out to the city and get lunch. Let's just grab some lunch real quick. Literally like four hours later, <laughs> we made it back because because the roads and the traffic were just insane outside the event. And I really don't think that, it, I mean, as far as like the traffic and just the overall um, event, I don't think it could have been handled any better. No, I just think it was just great. such an overwhelming amount of people. Um, uh, it was beautiful. The event was was held wonderfully. I yeah, mean, they really had that down to a science. Too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how well you run an event if you run out of space. You can't yeah, let, you let people. In. There's <laughs> physical limitations to any event, yeah. and you'll find them if you try to pack, you know, six hundred thousand people there. One thing that was really special about this year was uh, the EAA really opened up the doors for us. Yes, yeah. in a powerful way from from day one and stuff, and and we can't express how grateful we are for that. 
No doubt. No, the EAA has been absolutely phenomenal to work with. Um, we are actually, um, if you go to, um, I think there's about a dozen different events across the U.S. that the EAA mobile unit, which is basically a hu- enormous semi-truck trailer mm-hmm. um, that has different activities on it that kind of exp- you know um, helps people experience experimental a- aviation. Um, and Flight Test is actually a corner of that trailer. Yeah. Um, so people can go there. They can watch a short video. They can build uh, a venture. Um, yeah, something we call an FT Venture, which is a little chuck glider that we designed for EA. Um, it's pretty cool. They also have like the, the VR experience where you can like uh, ride on a biplane at Oshkosh at Air Venture and you know see what it's like. And it's uh, they have a whole slew of VR headsets there, and you can choose different yeah. experiences and try. I floated through the uh, EA Museum, yeah. which is fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they have this this whole um, trailer which is designed to go to non-aviation events. So things like uh, um, uh, county fairs, I believe they went to NAB, you know, the big uh, broadcasting and um, camera conference out in uh, Vegas. And they're just taking it to places South by Southwest, South by Southwest. And they're just taking it to places where there will probably be overlap of people interested in exper- experimental aviation, but they just don't know it yet. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool to be a part of that trailer. And that's just one of many ways that EA, you know, kind of invited us to participate um, with them and with Oshkosh. Um, and we actually, we shifted strategy a little bit this year. Um, last year is what we did is we went, um, we had a big, um, you know, 10 by 20 booth and we were beside like NASA and some other really cool exhibitors. It was was great. It was awesome. We got to meet thousands and thousands of people. We built thousands and thousands of FT ventures and it was a amazing, incredible, but exhausting experience. Yes. Um, and so, you know, as you can probably imagine, you know, being on your feet for 10 hours a day, you know, talking and, um, building and doing that sort of thing is just very tiring. And so we would find what was our original plan, which was at the end of the day, we were going to go out and shoot content and we were going to go out and get videos. Um, and I, we actually, I think we only walked away with one video last year from Oshkosh, which was just kind of like a recap event video. It was just really hard. I think it was a lot harder than any of us anticipated just manning that booth all day. And we brought like, you know, a dozen people or so to demand the booth. Um, and it was another good part about it was it was really great to connect with the community. A lot of community members came out. We had a really great time. The downside was is we didn't get to spend as much time. We had obligations we had to fulfill. Where this year we were able to really focus on engaging community, uh, fellowshipping, and then also getting content. Yeah, so we hold, we held almost daily meetups yeah. um, where we would be somewhere at the event and we would send a text out and let people know at the event where we were going to be, which was great. We got to meet hundreds of people that way. Um, and then we spent, you know, the big bulk of our time uh, creating content for people that can't go to air venture just because there are 600,000 people that go there, which is incredible, but that's definitely not, doesn't represent everybody that's interested in aviation or everybody that would like to go to the event. And so I think we came around away with maybe six or seven pretty solid videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that just shared really unique experiences of AirVenture. Um, we really wanted to go and try to get videos that you can only get at AirVenture yep. because, you know, we we do have access to get general aviation content other, you know, outside of that. Um, but our goal is to get really interesting, really unique um, opportunities at AirVenture and then share them. And so actually, I think we're getting ready to release a couple of those. Um, we've released a um, kind of like a highlight reel of Oshkosh on our channel already. 
already. A couple of vlogs as in a, well. In a couple of vlogs. And, and you can look for, you know, probably another half dozen videos from the event, which we're really excited to share with people. Well, big shout out to not only to EAA, EA Radio, who yeah. got us on three different times. I just love that gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Jim Gray was was yeah. absolutely um, awesome. And he had us on the radio several times there um, at EA Radio. Um, EA Radio is actually a really, really cool outfit. Um, it's part yeah. a big part of EA because um, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you can actually listen to EA Radio year-round. Um, but in the um, the six, seven days that are Oshkosh, that's where they get all of their content. So they are some of the busiest people at Oshkosh running around and filling out all of their content for the next year. Um, so I, th- you know, actually I, we had tons of people at the event say, Hey, loved your, loved your radio spot. You know, so there's tons of people listening at the event. Yeah. My and, dad said that and he wasn't even there. He, <laughs> he texted, he's like, Hey, I just heard you on the radio. <laughs> he was so excited. I thought that was awesome. Never mind, you're on the YouTubes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out EA radio and check out some of the content that they made, um, I think that our particular segment is archived, so you can actually find you know our segments. Um, but there's tons of other interesting stuff, and I think it just streams regularly. Um, so you can go, yeah. you know, just throw in EA Radio to your search bar and and listen to that um, on demand streaming online. One one thing that this year, especially getting content, wouldn't have been possible. Uh, we've obviously have a really dear friendship with uh, Aviator PPG, Eric, Travis, mm-hmm. Kyle, John. Um, the whole crew and they opened up some doors and opportunities for us to get content that we never would have gotten before. It's true. And I can't think of enough from the, from them, how well it was to get a better camp spot where we basically were closer to the flight line than we've ever, ever dreamed of, uh, to, uh, actually making connections with other key pilots. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, it turns out Eric from Aviator PPG, he's got a guy for everything. <laughs> it's like you even mentioned like the word B-52. He's like, I got a B-52 guy. You, you want to talk to him? He's right over here. I'll, I can yeah. introduce him. Yeah. That seems like the case. Yeah, yeah. last week. So, yeah, and, and we actually got we, one of my most exciting uh, episodes I think we we're coming away with was uh, we got to fly with the Aeroshell team. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait to see that. It, it looked incredible, and it was incredible to be part of it. The biggest thing that really struck me that you guys are going to see in the video is these guys have been doing this not for five years, not for six years, but some of them as many as 30 plus years. And uh, the way they engage each other and the level of trust they have between each other, it's pretty intense. It's it's really amazing to see them flying and every pilot is just looking at that one spot on the lead pilot. They don't take their eyes off them the whole time. Whatever he does, they do. And uh, we had a great conversation, you know, about how he got in the, you know, aviation, but also went all the way through to his journey uh, you know, flying aeroshell. So was he talking to you why he yeah, was flying formation? He's just chatting like in, like it's normal, oh and it'd gosh. be like, oh yeah. So I got in about thirty years. Uh, power on, and then you know, and, and it's okay. Roll, and then he just talking, and he just cuts into you know, giving the guys. He could probably do that in his sleep by then, by now. All the guys, <laughs> all the guys. You could tell they, they literally were so synced to him, and so nice. used to flying together. It was amazing. So for those of you listening that aren't familiar with the aeroshell team, it's basically a, a super iconic aerobatic team, and they fly some. Old school Texans, right? Mm-hmm. The AT6, AT6 yeah. Texans, but they aren't uh, your average Texans. They, they have a sweet paint scheme yeah. and they're decked out with lights. They're the ones that do the night show uh, every year at Oshkosh. Uh, they have not only lights like in the cow, but on the on the wings, stuff like that, but they also have like fireworks that shoot, look like a rocket going off the back. I actually found out it wasn't even, those aren't pyro. That's really? literally them strobing their, in the uh, smoke. their smoke. Oh, wow. Uh, it looks uh, like a rocket, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Fire on airplanes just seems like a terrible idea. 
but it really does look like pyro. Yeah. Well, the other pl- there are firework planes too, but anyways, yeah, the the aeroshell team they're they're awesome. It's like yeah. one of everybody's favorite Good favorite acts. If you've been to a good size air show, odds are they've been there. Yes. Um, so you would probably recognize, and also just in all the videos, you would recognize the act if you saw well, it. Really cool thing about like the aeroshell team, Gene Susie, a lot of these old school pilots. Um, they call it keeping it in the box, which means basically, you know, there's an aerobatic box. And if you have a jet routine, those jets are going through the box, doing a maneuver, going out of the box, reforming, coming back in. That with the exception of the Blue Angels, I think they never unglue from each other. Yeah. Um, but uh, the aeroshell team stays in the box and there's what, six of them? Four. I think there's four. Uh, I think there's as many as six at some time. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. There, there's two that will do like a hype and then they'll kind of regroup and then they'll split. But it's it's amazing. It, it's absolutely incredible what they can do in the air, you know, together. But they yeah. keep it in the box. They keep it tight. And uh, feeling the G's, you know, when they do their loops together, it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, smoothest flying, though. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that that's it. Um, like a prime example of like what we hope to do with a lot of our general aviation content is, you know, through you know, various uh, means and connections, get ourselves into a really unique situation and then just do our best to capture it however we can and share it with people. Because like something I think that's going to be the most fascinating from your experience, Josh, is um, is being is people being able to hear what you're hearing in your headset and having that conversation, hearing just like the cues the team are given to each other. Because like one of the coolest things, uh, the Blue Angels was at the uh, was at the event and you can go online and uh, you can actually find what they're hearing in their headsets while they're doing their routines. And like, it's just constant chatter. Yeah. It's we're doing this and now we're doing this and now we're doing this and now we're doing this. And then, you know, it's just, you know, when you see them and they're in a, you know, a high G maneuver and they're going in a loop and they're coming out over the top of it and they all turn their smoke on at precisely the same time. Yeah. That's because someone's saying smoke on now. Yeah. And, like it's just just those tiny fine-tuned little details I think are just so cool to just show people and yeah. if we can ever get a glimpse into some of those things it's really cool to share them we yeah you're 110% right you know getting to experience it that's a ride but when you actually get to hear that guy's story and you get to hear what they're doing and stuff that's a journey yeah and mm-hmm. uh they, I couldn't imagine going on a better journey with those guys. And, and the crazy thing is, if you think about this, there's no opportunity for any of them to say, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. They got to be. Sorry. What was that? Was that, yeah, was uh, that roll? Left or right? <laughs> oh, you're left or my right. You know, um, it's, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that's good. And, and, you know, one of the biggest things with general aviation content we want to do is we want to inspire where we can inspire. We want to inform where we can inform. And we really want to make it as approachable as possible. Mm-hmm. So the reality that, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get my pilot's license and fly Texans and an air show not too real but those gentlemen had that journey and it'd be really cool to share that with other people yeah no doubt and, uh, and that's that's one of the, my favorite or my most exciting things that i'm excited about with our ga content is uh, basically covering the whole spectrum. So going from the air shell team experience, going from, I got a chance to go out on the runway when Sean Tucker was doing his performance and he yeah. cut the ribbon doing knife edge at 250 miles an hour or whatever. I mean, that was insane. It was super awesome to watch super, super, uh, entertaining video. But what I'm excited about is going to the other end of the spectrum yeah. and we got to hang out the ultralight line quite um, a bit. That's my favorite part. And, and, gosh. and doing those weird oddball planes, uh, that somebody built in their garage at home. Um, so doing something 
something like that, all the way up to like an aeroshell or even military grade, you know, aviation. Um, we hope to cover it all. And that's that's one of the things I'm most excited about is there's no there's real, really no limit as to what we can do with our content. Speaking of the uh, the ultralight line, uh, we all kind of like creatively got ourselves up in the air at Oshkosh. What, yes. what, what was your, what was yours, Alex? And so what was that experience like? A lot of you guys uh, may have already seen the vlog, but I got to go up in a, a plane called an AirCam, and I think it's technically is it technically an LSA? Yeah, it's yeah, I think it it's is. not ultralight. Yeah, because sure. yeah. well, you can't be. Well, I don't think it's it's not even an LSA because it's two motors. It's yeah. experimental. Just an experimental yeah. twin. So it's basically just think of like a twin pusher. So kind of like an RC, like uh, Bixler or like Easy Star. Um, but it has uh, it has two motors on the back of the wing and it's open cockpit. And it basically you sit out in the front of you're, the nose like it looks like a canoe. You're sitting in a canoe. It looks <laughs> it, like a canoe. It's a built like a Humvee. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it had huge Tundra tires. And I got to go up with that with a gentleman named Dave uh, who, who they were gracious enough to take me up. And if you haven't seen that video, you can check it out uh, maybe in the links below. Uh, we, we did a little vlog on that. We hope to work with AirCam again. We wanted to do like some – we wanted that to be a full episode. We wanted to do like some more interviews, but uh, the Oshkosh schedule was just so crazy, and we ran out of time. So um, I'm we, sure we'll see them again. We're going to connect with them in the future for sure. But the AirCam has always been uh, one of my favorite planes, and being able to go up in it for the first time, not only go up in it, but also at Oshkosh was just incredible. Um, the plane itself was actually – actually developed for uh, camera operation. So the reason why there's two pusher motors is one, two motors for redundancy, um, but also because they're in the back, it's a completely unobstructed view in the front. And I now, bet that was crazy. It was, I mean, it was awesome. It, it was very reminiscent of paramotoring. Um, there's nothing in front of you, which is kind of rare when you're flying, uh, we were flying uh, in some kind of aircraft. Normally you have a cockpit, you have a, a you know, some kind of gauges, you know, a, a cluster of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, so it was super awesome. And I had a, vi the, the one I flew in had a visor or a, a windscreen. Um, but I guess a lot of times when they're shooting, you know, aerial photography and video from, a, they'll take that off completely so there's nothing obstructing the camera um, and it's super cool and the other cool thing about it too the redundant motors two motors it has completely uh, high performance even off of one motor it can do short takeoff and landing uh, it can even take off it has float options and it can even take off the water the with, float looks cool well it can take off the water with one engine nice. so if you lose an engine and you have to put it down in the water you can it, still take it off the water with one engine which totally is like crazy a, it's a Humvee with wings it really, it really is. is and it's not fast yeah. um, but that's what in the video you, you'll see what Dave was talking. He's like, I he has one. He built one in 2015 and he flew it all the way down to the Bahamas. And, and he said that people are like, geez, like that must've taken forever. He's like, yeah, but you don't care how long it takes when you're flying below 500 feet and you get to see everything. Yeah. You know, it's all the benefits of, of going on a road trip. You get to see stuff close up and personal, but you don't have to wait for traffic or you don't have to stop it. You know, at, at uh, those traffic and, lights. And you're going probably like at least 85 knots, which is like pretty, yeah, pretty cool. I'm pretty sure it's a, it, the, the uh, airspeed indicator kitter, uh, it looked like it cruised at probably 90, 80 or 90. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it looked like a really cool experience. And I, one thing I loved about the vlog, it, we'll definitely link to that. And um, one thing, my favorite thing was like, his line was like, that's how you air cam. Yeah. Yeah. He was just so stoked. Anytime he did something be. awesome, like uh, takeoff, extreme takeoff or whatever, he's just like, that's how you air cam. <laughs> I just loved that. He was just having well, a ball. He said it so well, too. He says, you know, so many people fly into Oshkosh. We get to fly at Oshkosh. Yeah. And I think next year, especially, um, Aviator set us up basically under the tail of a B-52 
fifty two. Yeah, and that was incredible. I'm not gonna lie, I really enjoyed telling people, yeah, just look first underneath the tail of the B fifty two in Boeing Plaza. Um, it's easy to find. But where our hearts was was really down in the ultralight line because that's where the ingenuity, the creativeness, the approachability really yeah. existed down there. The ultralight line is always hopping, and the cool, my favorite thing about it is it's just. Pilots, pilots. Like yeah. I, I love the 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 aerobatic performers, the airshell team, Sean Tucker. Like, of course, I'll watch them all day. The Blue Angels, heck yeah! But the cool thing that I really like about the ultralight line is it's just a guy who's got his super cub that he's put a bunch of work into, and he's just flying at Oshkosh. Yeah, you know, there was one guy. Remember the, the guy in the gyro auto guy. gyro? There's this guy in this crazy. <laughs> to me, it looks it lo- sketchy. It looked like a stool with a motor and a rotor, <laughs> and it had this like real tall, goofy looking landing gear. This dude was just cruising all day like he must have been flying for like four or five hours oh. nonstop, just doing touch and goes and taking off and going by and yeah. doing low well, flybys and well, <laughs> that's so crazy at the ultralight line is that like when you see an ultralight at like an airport you're just like wow that's incredible that's so that's so cool because it's not something you see every day yeah and and when you're at Oshkosh in the ultralight field you almost become like immune to like the craziest like yeah. most like insane yeah. flying contraptions yeah and then like by like the Fifth, fifth day there, you're just like, oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> well, it's, it's like awesomeness overload. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking at planes that you would, if you saw like in the air fly over your house, you'd call your friend. Yeah, right? exactly. And you're yeah. sitting there and you can pretty much touch it. Yeah. But by the end of the week, you're so overwhelmed with all these beautiful, amazing birds. You're like, okay, that's cool too. Yeah. And you got to take a step back and really appreciate it. I'm, I'm sure. happy we got content with it. Good portion of the ultralight line looks like aircraft that came out of Mario Kart 8. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For real though. It's it really, so true. It really it's so true. We really do. It, it was a great experience. And you know, the, the best part is although we weren't able to bring our full team, many of us brought our families. Yeah. Um, this, this past, uh, Starting from Flight Fest, about a week before Flight Fest, all the way up through the Red Bull Flu Tug, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a moment, um, is probably the craziest uh, month out of the year for us. Yeah. And uh, this is crazy our Crazy six weeks. Crazy six weeks. <clears throat> this is this is our time to really, uh, you know, if we're going to be traveling, our whole family enjoys us. Mm-hmm. And you get to walk around as families, get to, to make those memories. And, and that, that didn't change a bit. And uh, we had a, a really great time, you know, um, getting to bring at least my family down. Yeah. I realized you guys didn't get to bring your family down. <laughs> now I feel really bad. You made me sad just yeah, thinking about okay, it. Okay, well. No, just kidding. The big part about it is bringing my family. Well, <laughs> well we did yeah. bring all of our families yeah. down last year. Yeah. Right. And um, it was a good learning experience for us, like especially me. Like My, da- my daughter's at an age where um, – she had fun last year, but obviously she's not going to remember anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, with with my wife having to take care of her all day. And then last year we were like working shifts. So it just made sense for us this year to, to kind of yeah. have her, have them stay back. But I'm sure they'll be going to Oshkosh's in the future. I can certainly say this is if you are thinking about a family trip to Oshkosh, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, for sure. There is stuff for the whole family. I know my uh, my oldest son, Noah, he was taking welding classes. My youngest son was taking woodworking classes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool the fact that it's not just aviation, but it's also skill development, too, mm-hmm. around aviation. Well, your son Noah was also just going crazy taking photos and oh, videos. Yeah. And he's really developing his skills, which is awesome. Yeah, you're his hero. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot for me. Just to uh, preview another um, couple of videos that we, that we shot there that you guys can expect to see on the channel soon, is uh, we also shot a video with a... Uh, um, young man named Kyle Faso, oh, yeah. um, who he has a really incredible story. Um, over the past uh, seven years, he's been restoring a Cessna 170B, um, and he actually he um, uh, had it parked at like a 
prime parking spot with one of his sponsors. Uh, I believe it was Spencer Aircraft. It's a beautiful plane. And uh, he did just an absolute outstanding job. And actually, about an hour or two before, um, we went over to do an interview with him on his uh, his overall journey and just uh, building and restoring this airplane. Um, he uh, won an award, an experimental award. Awesome. Um, I, I well, I have to find out exactly what award he he got because just the they slide a thing on your propeller that just says you won. And at, to, the, at the time, to, he didn't even know what he won. Yeah. Well, I think the ceremony was that night. Yeah. Where you find out exactly what you won. Um, but uh, but he was just he was so excited and the, just, it's just an incredible individual with an incredible story. Yeah, what, basically he decided uh, when he was 15 years old that he would um, own his own aircraft and that he wanted to have an aircraft finished by the time he got his pilot's license. Um, and so he ended up buying um, a very old Cessna 170B and um, he bought it from somebody that was just keeping it in their shed for about 30 years. Um, and the it, story with that aircraft... It had actually been in a wreck. Yeah, it had been in a wreck. It had been in a float plane wreck um, and it actually sunk. It had been completely submerged um, and then recovered. Um, and then just basically put in storage for about, um, you know, three decades. And so, um, he basically bought what was left of this plane. Um, and over the period of what, (laughs) what he thought would be a year or so, um, actually turned into about seven years. Still incredible. And he finished it, um, right before Oshkosh. He, he put some of the final touches on it right before Oshkosh. And, uh, he essentially rebuilt every single piece of the aircraft. He said there's maybe four original pieces um, yeah. that are still on the aircraft. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think restoration is an accurate term. I mean, he basically built a 170 yeah. from the ground up and yeah. uh, just kind of his, the wreckage that he bought was kind of like the plans. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I need, I need to build another another piece like this. <laughs> and his, uh, his girlfriend, Samantha, for the past two years has been putting in, you know, 20, 30, 40 hour weeks with him uh, restoring this aircraft. And um, something that that they um, that they did for lots of different portions of the aircraft, which is they would contact uh, manufacturers or suppliers, and they would basically say, "Hey, you know, we're working on this this aircraft. We have a Facebook page. You know, people are following us. Do you have any interest in helping out?" And something they did a few years ago was for the interior. Um, Kyle had a great vision for what he wanted the interior to look like. Um, for the most part, he wasn't super excited about aircraft interiors and thought they too closely resembled boat interiors rightfully so yeah yeah and right right pretty ugly yeah accurate criticism i think and so he found this company i believe they're out of italy um um, that he found that um, actually, I think, turned him down a couple of years before. But now that, you know, his following has gotten a little bit bigger and he's gotten a little bit more influential, um, uh, they said that they would do an interior for him, you know, if he was willing to promote their company. Um, and so they did this interior. And he, I think he sent them like a picture of like a um, a Lamborghini Mercy Lago or something like Bugatti, that or Bugatti. Bugatti yeah. Like that, yeah. So just like a crazy like sports car that had like, you know, beautiful like diamond stitching in it and that sort of thing. And he's like, this is what I want. I want it to look like this. And uh, he went through every step of the process with them to get this interior to be exactly what he wanted. And anyway, long story short, um, the interior project went great. The promotion of it went great. And they ended up having him and his girlfriend um, come out to their location in Europe. And uh, now um, Kyle and Samantha are the um, North America representatives for this company. Awesome. And so I believe they actually own the North American portion of the company. And so they were at Oshkosh, you know, taking orders, showing off this beautiful interior. So it's a really cool story of just a young gentleman who just... 
had no special qualifications, had no special skills or ability, and has just decided that he would own an airplane one day. Yeah. And uh, just went out and did it. And he said that, um, you know, it's easy to say that he made every part on the airplane, but he said in reality, he's made every part on the airplane three or four times because he d- doesn't know what he's doing. And now, now he does. Now he, people are call him for advice on how to restore aircraft. Um, but at the time, he had, you know, no you know, innate special ability. It was yeah. just literally trial and error and hard work. Yeah. Um, and it's really an incredible story. I can't wait to, to share it. It's a super inspiring story. And I'm really looking forward to the video. He's going to, he's going to be sending us uh, photos and any kind of videos that he has of his restoration project. I mean, imagine starting something like that when you're 15 years old. I don't even know what I was doing at 15. <laughs> I was like riding around on a motorized scooter and I thought I was the coolest kid in the block. <laughs> but yeah, it's he was a, definitely a, a very intense, very focused young individual and uh, he knew what he wanted and he he you know, he dreamed big and he got it, which is awesome. Yeah, he's uh 22 years old now and I believe him and Samantha are planning on doing a uh, a fifty state hop, and yep. so they're planning to go to to all fifty states. Um, I think they live in Alaska, so that's kind of cheating because that's kind of knocking off one of the harder ones to get to. <laughs> um, but uh, um, but yeah, I'm really excited for them and for their journey and their and their beautiful aircraft. Looking forward to, to sharing that journey with you guys too. How are they going to do a Hawaii? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> we'll just hop one state twice. Freight it over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that um, uh, probably one of the other episodes that we got that we're pretty excited to show um, is we did a video with Trent Palmer. Um, yes. <clears throat> and uh, um, I don't know if some maybe some people have seen some of his videos um, on YouTube, but um, he has a um, a series five kit fox um, that he has nicknamed the Freedom Fox. So it has this awesome. crazy patriotic scheme. It's red, white, and blue. Has stars through the center of it, and it's uh, America through and through. Man. <laughs> absolutely, and uh, it was really cool. Josh got to tease out some of his story, mm-hmm. and um, I think that that was a a video that we did not expect to get when we went there, but ended up walking away with. And yeah, really yeah, that should be a great one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it worked out at Oshkosh. Uh, a lot of the videos we expected to get, we weren't able to for various reasons, and then other ones popped up. And I think the unexpected ones that just kind of happened in the moment are going to be some of the best. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Definitely. Yeah. What do you guys? All in all, it was a great, great experience. Yes. So. Yeah, we loved it. Um, you guys want to talk about uh, Flute Tug real quick before we wrap up here? <laughs> it was a great journey, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, if uh, if anyone doesn't know what Red Bull Flute Tog is, basically you build really crazy aircraft and you throw them off of a 20-foot tall dock and you splash into the water and the person that does the best skit, builds the best airplane, goes the farthest, will win. Yep. And uh, last year we had a really great experience. Uh, we built a, a plane in, what, 10 days, $500 budget, and we actually won it, mm-hmm. uh, which was really a great experience. And, and this year we took a different twist, which is I think probably one of the most rewarding experiences that I've ever had in my life. And that was where we actually networked with our FT STEM kids. Yes. We had four schools that competed for uh, for design. Uh, ultimately, the design that won was designed by a homeschool group. And uh, we went ahead and proceeded to kind of build out that design, supersize it. And, uh, and then at Flight Fest East, uh, we actually built about 80% of it. And a big shout out to our, I can't even call him an intern, man. He's just incredible. Anders Liu. Yes. Uh, he worked with us through the summer. He project led this whole process uh, through there. So you have an amazing mind from a 16-year-old kid leading a design that was designed by uh, 7th, 8th, and ninth graders and uh, bringing it to reality. So after we got back from Oshkosh, we had roughly, uh, what is it, about three days mm-hmm. to really finish everything off. And uh, without Andres and Chad and the whole team, 
uh, we wouldn't have been able to pull this off. Uh, Chad Lewis last year, his first day was actually starting with building the Flutog plane. So he was a veteran. It's kind of like we hire a new person every year to build a Flutog plane. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, But the idea was that, you know, we got this done and actually it worked out wonderfully. We were on the road the the day we needed to and the plane looked incredible. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, The design, the design was basically a canard. And we definitely learned a lot about canards, uh, especially later on in the story with with downwind takeoffs. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was great. We we built it in RC form, which we've never done before, and the plane will definitely be turned into a speed build kit uh, to promote STEM because this thing soared like a radian. Yeah. Um, sadly, when we got to the Flutog event, uh, weather wasn't the best. We ended up uh, basically keeping it kind of bagged up until the day of the event and put it together in about what forty five minutes, hour and a half. And uh, getting the stickers on it. Uh, sadly, the way the dock was was downwind. Yeah. And uh, there was a major call that I didn't make that I should have made, and that was uh, whenever you're taking a canard design, one third of the lift is generated from the front. You know, that's what we calculate. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but roughly one third of the lift was from the front. Well, when you're pushing a plane in a tailwind that's a canard and one third of the front end is responsible for making that lift, you're basically pushing the plane into a vacuum and you're throwing a dart off a board. And uh, I had this nagging feeling in my gut like, you should really move the CG back. And I didn't listen to it. And uh, if we would have had Stefan probably about two feet back more, we would have basically been flown, throwing a neutrally balanced ship off. It wouldn't have the flight characteristics, but we, we could have gone a little bit farther. Um, the plane pretty much arced into the ground <laughs> arced into the water but it was glorious a couple was, seconds glorious. and was, actually we were what four, third on distance or fourth we, we were third on distance yeah uh, we went 63 feet 63 feet last year we did 69 feet um this year we did 63 um the, the the thing that convicts me the most is that design i honestly feel could have gone 150 feet yeah and i got if we had the winds in our favor yeah well and i gotta own it too i i think we could have gotten 100 feet if we just would have pushed Stefan back i should have made that call um but all that being said, I am so proud of the FT STEM kids uh, for what they designed, yes. what they created, their creativity. They really did their homework. Yeah. They looked into some Burt Rutan designs. They looked into ground effect machines. They, they they presented the fact that, look, if you have more wing surface when it gets down lower, now you have double the ground effect. You know, um, So the failure part, I'm going to own. The success part of a beautiful design, they deserve 110% of the credit. Mm-hmm. And a big shout out to Andres for uh, – for bringing it to, to done. There's something special that happens when, when aviation goes into schools, the way kids think, the way they have their passion and they take their, they take their work home with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to see. You want to see kids so excited about a project that they're thinking about it around the clock. And, uh, this was just a, a shining testimony. Yes. And, uh, truly can't thank Red Bull enough too. They really opened up the, the, the doors for us to really do what we wanted, promote STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, they really have a, a love of people, love of flight, and love of education. Yeah, Red Bull has uh, been fantastic to work with over the past year or two. And um, there's a lot of parallels with Red Bull and Flight Test. Uh, yeah. Not only Red Bull is actually more of a content and a media company than they are yes. a beverage company, which uh, a lot of a lot of people might not know. Um, but also they have a, a thriving passion for aviation, yeah. um, which is awesome. If you haven't checked out, I believe it's Hangar 8, Red Bull's Hangar 8. Um, they have a whole collection of beautiful, beautifully restored aircraft. And they have the Red Bull Air Force. I mean, they do a lot to help promote aviation. So 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think that um, we're gonna, definitely going to be working more with Red Bull in the future. And yep. um, they've invited us out to the uh, the Red Bull Air Races in Indianapolis, yep. which I think we're going to be attending that and doing some content there. So, um, yeah, Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> they really they really mean that. Um, um, and here's the best part about the end. And, you know, winning distance and everything, science can do that for you. You know, great design from amazing STEM kids can do that. You guys blessed us with an honor that we uh, – I don't think we could ever say how much we appreciate it. And that was people's choice. Yeah. This is the second year in a row you've given us that honor. That's never, ever been done in Red Bull history with a Flutog is, is two times in a row. And that's 110% from you guys. And we can't thank you enough. Yeah, it wasn't uh, both years. It wasn't the record we, we thought we would break. <laughs> but it, but the first year, we were the first oh. to ever win it and get the People's Choice. And then um, this past one, it, it was the first time that People's Choice has ever won back-to-back. Yeah. Um, and that's because of you guys and you guys uh, voting and being so active and supportive. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, and that, that really means the most. Um, one thing that's definitely been observed and is, is a definite is the, the passion and loyalty and, and grace that the community gives us. And... Uh, I'm sorry, you know, all the FT STEM kids out there that work so hard and design that. I'm sorry that I uh, let you down with the CG and the downwind. But uh, please keep dreaming. I hope we get to do this every year we do Red Bull. If we build a Flutog, I want to work with the kids. Yeah. Because their imagination, they don't even know what the box looks like. So they're always dreaming up something amazing. Yep. Well, real, real quick before we close out, um, something that Stefan wanted me to mention to everyone yeah. um, is that uh, something that's going to be changing a little bit with the Flight Test podcast is that we're going to start having guests on the show yeah. um, from outside of Flight Test. And um, we have some really cool ideas for guests that we want to have on. And honestly, we'll probably use it as a excuse to connect with people that we <laughs> admire or just yeah. want to talk to um, and bring that content to you guys. Um, we also wanted to hear the kinds of guests that you guys want to see, um, kinds of, the kinds of guests that we're already kind of planning on having um, is particularly guests that overlap with some of the videos that we're doing um, so that in our videos we can say, hey, do you want to hear a half hour of us talking to this person and just, you know, exploring more of what we talked about in the video and that sort of thing. Um, but we're also just open just to taking just requests of people that you want to see. Um, so um, if you have an idea for a guest that you'd like to see on the on the podcast, uh, leave us a comment below. Um, if you guys uh, would please uh, subscribe in iTunes and leave us a rating there, we'd really appreciate it. iTunes and uh, Google Play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, yeah, we just want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you guys next time.